This is a demo. One, two, three. Cairo Vision. Speak as well. This is a demo. Yeah, just like you would. It's a demo. Demo. Yeah. One, two, three. Okay, we're good. Yes. Crazy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Cairo Vision. Second episode with my beloved guest, Michal Krakoshka. Michal is a friend of mine, a real close friend of, friend of mine that I had last year, and I'm still having really good, good friendship with. We spend a lot of time together. We share many, many um, same opinions, different opinions, nice uh, hobbies, interests. Michal uh, is studying computer science with me. He came from Slovakia, and uh, he really is an interesting person, very successful and inspiring one. I really like when the guest of mine, you know, is like happy and feel bragged when I talk about them. But it's really true. It's genuine. You know, I wouldn't have you here if it wasn't the case. So, Michal, thank you uh, for coming and welcome. Thank you for inviting me and hello, everyone. And thanks for the generous introduction. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Wait, make sure to point your uh, microphone towards your mouth because that's, that's a directional microphone. I will do that. Yeah, look, it's perfect now. Okay. All right. So how you been, man? Yeah, I've been almost a little bit stressed out, you know, like the exams approaching and I've been working uh, half time uh, for the second year of our university. So a lot of things to do. But other than that, yeah, I feel healthier than ever, I would say, working out a little bit yeah. and good overall. Yeah, I know you've been putting that work on the body department, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it helps with the school as well a lot. Definitely. Like. Honestly, I love it just because, not, not just because, but like it helps you so much with your mental fitness. It gives you the opportunity to control like your emotions. Like I could never do that honestly. Like I've been, you know, sometimes feeling sad, depressed, feeling really in any way. And I couldn't explain why, but like you always can hit the gym and it just makes you feel better. Exactly. Sure. I feel like you get you get way more comfortable in your own skin. So I think it helps you in almost always with the way you talk to other people, the way you feel comfortable in a, in a public environment and just like focus on actually that what's what matters. And also mentally, I think, because you put in the effort to become a better human, I think that pushes you on other dimensions as well to be better at those as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm at the point yet like where I can feel like very comfortable because of my physical uh, outlook. However, uh, it makes me feel better because of the mental impact really like uh, you know offloading my mind for a couple of hours just not think about school work anything else just working out yeah i agree i agree actually um i follow this um this professor really beloved professor um dr andrew huberman of course man you know him right yeah of course yeah he's uh for those who don't know he's a um, professor of neurology and ophthalmology in the, um, the stanford school of medicine mm. And he says in a podcast, and I'm paraphrasing, maybe it's wrong, but he mentions that the first initial phase of our day is mm, is optimal to focus on linear stuff, like doing a rep 15 times or completing a 20-minute run. Stuff that are linear, that are simple tasks and just do it, continue. So that's why when I'm working out, because the topic opens, like I feel really calm when I'm doing it the, for the as the first thing of the day mm. compared to the last thing of the day. Um, also parallel to what he says in his podcast that I could strive to have my cognitive stuff more on the latter part of the days. I think I feel like more on the neurological side, just personally, I feel like 
at the start of the day, more about early times, like nine or eight, I feel like the world hasn't been awake. I mean, they have been, but it's not like the middle of the day. So I still feel like I have some free time before the world starts. So that's why I like to have it like between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. and then continue with the cognitive stuff like studying and et cetera. So I think, what's your preference? Do you, do you work out early or late? Because I know our, t our time situation is pretty jam-packed, interesting, because we you have work, I had work, and we study as well a hard course. So I just want to see how you devote time for that. Yeah, I don't know if I can really like relate to the model you've mentioned. Uh, just for the fact that I, I used to work out like in the afternoons, like late afternoons, like 8 uh, p.m., usually like during the last study year. Uh, just because I feel like I'm the, like very, like when I wake up really early, like, or it's relative, but it's really early, but like for me it's like 7 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I have the most cognitive power to do studying. Like I feel like I, I read a book about habits and I can really relate to what it said. Uh, I think it was called the power of uh, habit or something. I'm not uh, saying it correctly, but the point really was like, uh, like you lose your cognitive ability to like make good decisions over the course of the day. What I mean by this is like in the morning you have a lot of bills, so you are like, I'm going to do the workout and it slowly drops and drops as you make like more difficult decisions for you. So basically you kind of like a little bit more lazy. And uh, I've been like cheating this by doing the workouts li uh, really late in the afternoon, just by them becoming a habit, you know? Like I had this thing, like it's uh, eight o'clock, uh, my alarm like ticks and I just go to the gym. And during the day I could like, especially the early morning, I did a lot of studying. However, I have a gym buddy, uh, my housemate this year, and he likes to work out the same way uh, you do, like in the mornings. So we have like, we, we switch it like, uh, Tuesdays we go like really early like 7 a.m. we wake up and 7 30 we hit the gym on the other hand Thursdays we usually go like 8 p.m. I cannot decide which is better I have to say I feel really like empowered uh, during Tuesdays you know after the workouts I feel really like I have a lot of mental energy like I feel honestly like mentally rested after the gym on the other hand I also like working out in the evenings because I'm just so tired I just fall asleep in the bed really easily yeah so yeah no, that's it's interesting. I think it all depends on how our mind is programmed, our body is throughout like these twenty years that we've been on this planet, and yeah. also um, some other stuff that he says. It's more suggests that, for example, we should focus on studying or doing any cognitive research, cognitive work, um, three hours after stu after waking up, mm. because uh, what he suggests is that. Um, Two hours prior to the time you wake up is the time that your body gets to the lowest temperature. And um, obviously, he provides a lot of evidences, mm -hmm. but I really cannot remember it right now. But what he suggests is that five hours or four hours after the point of your lowest temperature is the perfect time for your body, your neurons to, to function properly to, you know, complete uh, cognitive performance stuff like work studying so i really want i really fit the the time of working out to the time in between because i really truly think that even though i'm really planning my workouts like strategically with the effort that i'm doing like mind muscle connection hitting the perfect you know body part that day or etc i really want to look at it in a primal way where it's like a basic thing that i'm doing as a man and that's why having it done in the morning with not many thoughts in my mind, with a clear mind, really sets me up for a really calm, good, and as you said, um, a workout that at the end gives me a very like good energy for the rest of the day. 
So what I do is that I want to fit in the, the workout as soon as possible between the time I wake up and four hours or three hours after that. So just between there's the workout and then study and like continue with my cognitive work. So I guess, yeah. But also, as you said, it determines per person. Maybe for you, it's the night is better. So yeah. I don't know, honestly, like the thing is, uh, I'm just always so scared of like, uh, being too tired for school like I, I think this is the part of like why am I so academically dedicated to get good grades and things like I feel like the school is the most important thing I have on my schedule right now I felt like this for quite a while ever since primary school and I just feel like if I do the workouts early in the morning I get scared like I'm not gonna have enough willpower enough energy to concentrate on school so that's the reason why I prefer to do them in the evening but honestly I don't know it like uh, that's the thing I struggle with a little bit like knowing my own body I feel like uh, I'm trying to like see like what my body tells me and things, but I think it's pretty difficult. And this is one of the things I, I cannot say for sure whether I prefer workouts in the morning or in late in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a dimension that you're like currently exploring, exploring with yeah. both sides. But you actually pointed out something that really excites me as well, because the way I look at academics and stuff is quite different than yours. Mm. So that's why it's really exciting for me as the host to have someone with a different opinion for me academics is something that i need to do obviously and i enjoy because the topics i enjoy but i don't really mind the grades i get it's just it because i feel like i'm living my life and academics is just a part of it a small part of it and some other stuff like my relationships my friendships like my hobbies my creativity and just being unique like those are kind of stuff actually mean like quite similar value for me com with academics as well so obviously I can't deny that everybody likes getting good grades and I strive for good grades. I work a lot. But at the same time, I feel like um, I really cannot distinguish academics by the means of importance than others. I feel like they're all in the same chamber. So that's really interesting. I think that's going to show out in a lot of topics that we're going to have today. Yeah, it's It's really nice that, you know, we are really close friends with different opinions on very fundamental stuff. That's really brilliant that we have a good communication. Yeah, I would say so. I also would like to point out that uh, at least like uh, this is a thing I, uh, if I can say this, I don't want to sound cocky or something, but I really, if there is one thing I admire about myself is like I really can like respect people with other opinions. Uh, I mean respect, I don't always agree with them and admire them and so on. But like I think it's very important. I actually prefer if I have some friends that have very, very different opinion. For example, my Jim Bali guy, like he's a uh, much more conservative in me, like opinion-wise. Uh, I'm a bit more liberal, you know, and uh, I really enjoy this. For example, Andrew Tate debate, like he has a different opinion on Andrew Tate than I do, for example, and I really enjoy talking with him about it, you know, like it always stays polite. We can have very different opinions, sometimes the uh, voice gets raised and so on, but, but still I really enjoy talking to people with other opinions because uh, you know like if you only had friends that uh, said the same things as you say like it would be a pretty boring life in my opinion definitely definitely i think life in its own shape has a lot of things to it but one of the most important things is like why we are given this ability to talk is just to like you know argue because we have different cognitive builds um, the way we look at things are very different we say x but that x is capital italic bold in just the listener's mind it's different because the way your your mind is built actually determines the way you take that information. So that's why having conversations, even same conversations with different people, just brilliant because it just changes a lot. There's yep. so much difference. And as you said, like I really like a human that can really that can communicate and argue properly. 
I feel like that is one of the key moments where I find out whether a person respects me. Because obviously in good terms, good relationships and like normal conversations, we feel respected. But if they really respect you, even though you're, you challenge their opinions, then that person is really well uh, set for future. They are really well developed by their parents or by their environments. And that I really like keeping them in my life. That's also something we discussed with Marina the previous episode that's going to come out. And I think, it, no, it came out. <laughs> it came out. Um, so, yeah, I really like that. I totally agree. Oh, I would perhaps even like bring it a little bit more further than that. And I would say that's a definition of a good friend, right? Like a person who, who knows you have different opinions and still takes you as a friend and respects you. I really, this is a thing I would really like wish for humanity. Like everybody learned how to listen. I cannot do it properly yet, but the thing is like people just don't want to listen to different opinions. And I hate it so much. Like I have uh, like a bunch of friends, like even like good friends. I spend a lot of time with them, but many of them like, like my, if I say something which is a little bit different than their worldview, they just shut off, you know, they just stop listening. They're like, yo man, like they start laughing or something, you know? And I really hate this because like what was the reason for that like i'm gonna listen to the opinions of anybody really of course not anybody but like if the person is not uh proved to be uh criminal or something i'm gonna listen to their opinions and speak with them about it and i think this is the like the reason why we have so many like problems with canceling people and so on because people just cannot listen like if they just could listen for a while and perhaps talk to the person maybe they would see their opinion in a different light and change it perhaps you know this is the thing what I said about me, like the one thing if I could point out that I like about myself is just like accepting other people. And it's also like, I can change my opinion. Of course, it's not easy because some opinions you've had for quite a while, but if somebody approaches me and says like, hey, listen, like you're wrong about this, I might get, it hurts my ego. Of course it does, like everybody has that, but like I will listen to it. And if it's a valid point, which many time, of course it is, I will definitely take it into account and change my opinion perhaps, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. Um, Definitely. I think I think the more you have a proper way of debating or arguing is more of a higher sort of rate where people get to listen to you and potentially change. Because my dad always used to say, it's just being repetitive maybe because I might have said it in the previous episode, but he always says that there are two types of, two types of people that argue. One of them is just to argue because they enjoy arguments or they enjoy having this emotional peak of their of their day, maybe because they're bored, maybe they have an internal sadness. But the other one is a person that goes into the argument with an aim of clearly explaining what they think and also potentially changing a person or maybe being changed towards the good. So when you really have a, have someone in front of you that aside from the conversation, you stop and say, okay, this person is really telling me this because he truly thinks this is correct. And he's also open to mine, my thought. And he really seems to be a person that can change if he finds me right. Or this person really wants me to think about his opinion. And sometimes the way you talk is inviting as well to change. So I think it really, you're doing good to yourself when you have a proper way of debating or arguing. When somebody laughs, for example, you pointed out, that's like number one red flag of mine. Like when somebody smiles or laughs when I'm talking to them or, you know, having a different opinion in a sarcastic way, that's immediate, you know, point that I infer as like, maybe you shouldn't spend this, t this much time on having this conversation because he doesn't seem to change. Or that's a bit, uh, that I also consider it a bit of a disrespect because who would want that, right? Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, 
I have a question actually for you. It's a little bit, it's related to this, but it might be a little bit of the, you know, like the path we took. Do you think people are born like good or like bad initially? It's a good question. I think everyone's good. I think everyone is just default human. And the way you perceive world, the way, obviously this isn't something, no, it doesn't matter. This isn't something that changes, but uh, you can just take it, it's fine. The way you are born and raised by your parents, I think that's the number one thing that hurt. That not not number one. That's one of the crucial things that changes us. I see my dad and my mom in me a lot. The way they taught me, not necessarily like you should do this, but actually the way they handled the situations when I was there. So those are big examples that in that changed us. So. Or the way you perceive your environment, the people that you are around. So I think we just we are all born in default ways, default as human, and then we are just like an empty canvas that just gets colored. And we all have good and bad habits. I think there are some stuff that I got from my dad that is bad, that is, and from my mom that is bad. Or bad is a vague word, but some stuff that might be improved. I see that a lot with my relationship with C. I think C learned a lot from me in the relationship and I learned a lot from C and it's not because they're her or my parents are bad, but it's because some stuff that my, I saw from my mom or my dad were not optimal for like good interaction. And those stuff in parallel might have been really strengths of her parents that I get from her. Yeah. That's how I feel like, what do you feel like? Uh, so there's two things like firstly I, I wouldn't agree with the thing like people are born as a you know empty canvas I would say like I don't know but I see this in kids a lot and I I have some memories from my early childhood and I would say like kids can be real evil and I would say they are a bit more evil by default honestly like the thing is you know like when you go to uh, kindergartens and so on like they just like to they like do evil things to each other they like uh come up with plots how to hurt each other and so on and i don't think it's like uh because they are evil like uh they just want to do bad but like they don't know any better in my opinion honestly you know they just like they just don't the thing is like i think we might be born as a like with a sort of a uh, default thing but i think we learn how to become humane you know like i think our society has a really positive like uh, impact on us and i think it has to be like inflicted on you i think you if you were not born into today's society i think you would have been a much more evil person you know if you just like stayed on a island and some other people came in there i think you might not have want to be you know like good to them i think you might be scared of them i think you might want to hurt them and so on primal instincts maybe maybe i don't know but like i see it in kids a lot you know they just like do like evil shit to each other so often and i don't <laughs> think it's like they just don't realize the impact on the other person that's the thing in my opinion yeah i get that but i think that is that has a huge percentage of parents in that i think i don't know man like i, I think i just became much more aware of other people's feeling you know when i was younger i always used to be like i'm like this still you know my ego is of course big and shit but yeah uh i like I, that <laughs> but i i used to be much more like it's just me me and me you know like when i came to primary school i had this memory like there was all the parents and the first years coming into the primary school and i was just thinking like i'm gonna be better than all of these kids like 
you can't imagine I'm gonna be better than all of you and I will have the best grades. Like it, it, it was true, honestly. You felt that? Yeah, but I, I just was really like, I'm gonna be better than all of you. And I don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I, this, I, I think that's the effect of society, you know, and perhaps, perhaps not, perhaps just my cognitive ability wasn't developed enough to understand other people. But I think like we are born this way to be a little bit, you know, like not self-aware or what do you call it? Not self-aware, but like not be aware of other people's feelings. But that's just, you know, I think that's just a part, that's just a point in your character development in terms of, you know, growing and understanding that you're not alone and there are other people around you. And then that is why sometimes your thoughts go, not necessarily, you don't filter out because it's rude, but rather when you, for example, right now, when you look around and say like, uh, like, oh, I'm better than all of you. Then, for example, I would say, okay, but they're better at other things. So I, that's how I feel. So maybe that is the way our character gets developed. It's not necessarily, I don't like the fact that it might be possible that you still think that way and then tell yourself, oh, no, like suppress that thought because it's rude. Mm. If you, I think the more healthier way, in my opinion, is just to feel like that is true, but there are other things that they're more successful at. No, like um, I don't feel that way anymore. There's a thing I don't suppress it. Like I don't have the same uh, ego. I don't have the self self confidence. I guess as when I was younger, you know, like, and it it might be of course because I'm exposed to the real world more. You know, I came from a really small village and I studied at a very small primary school. So it was a really easy thing to think that you are the best, you know, if you had the best grade out of 20 people, you know. <laughs> but like if you if you come to a different country, you yeah. like study in a university of uh, almost 40,000 people, it's going to be like in the next year or something, yeah. I think. Uh, it's very different because you really see there's people that are better than you and, and uh, you know, it challenges this like stupid belief, honestly, that you are just better than everyone else. But I think s some, you know, one can deserve thoughts like that. For example... For you, if I have to comment on you, I, if you told me that, you know, I f personally feel that I'm better than a lot of people here, I wouldn't go like, oh, what are you talking about? Because you actually put that effort, you show that you're successful at what you do, what you focus on, and you actually put out good grades that tech, like statistically are better than most, a lot of people at least. So if you said that with, like, if you told me that, you know, I f feel like this, but I'm also aware that there are a lot of things that they, other people are better at me than I should approve, then I don't think any problem with that. For me personally, I feel like I'm really good at social skills and also expressing my own self and expressing my creativity or the will to produce. And I don't think that is common. I think that I have something rare in that. I know that a lot of people are better than me at a lot of things. I know that. And that is why I think we live in a society. If everyone was the same, then it, was, it would just be pointless in my opinion. But I think I'm very good at this. I'm willing to share this with some people, other people. I'm willing to put sprinkles of my products because of the skill to other people's lives. Like, for example, this podcast. If somebody listens to this and likes this, if somebody finds time in their full-on ADS, AD studying life and just listen to this and have a smile, then I'm happy. But I think I have the right to say that I'm really good at this. As on like until the point where I just forget saying like the other people are better as other people, other things than me. So I think if you know your place, it's it's the most beautiful thing to be aware of what you're capable of and having an ego or confidence rooted from that. So yeah. it's just a balance, I think. Yeah, that's that's beautiful thing you said right there. I I I would agree, of course. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Like I struggle with this a little bit because uh, what I feel like I'm the 
best at, like what the characteristic like that is really the most like outstanding about me is like the uh, the adversity. No, no adversity is a bad word. I wanted to say like uh, I can do many many things. Like you can talk to me about many different topics, and I feel like it at least maybe this is a uh, misconception of mine, but I feel like I can really like talk with anyone about almost anything, and that's the thing I actually like. I think I'm good at that. However, like, uh, of course, I feel really like humbled by the other like academic people that are in here, you know, because primary school, high school, like, I used to be so much like in the uh, stoplight because of my grades, because of my results, because of the things that I did. And you come to the university and uh, like a good university of Till Delft, I guess, and uh, it changes. You know, there are so many people who are much, much smarter at computer science than I I'll ever be. And it's very humbling to me and I struggle with that. And I would just come back quickly to the concept of grades. Honestly, like they're so addictive. I wouldn't just say it's the competition. Like um, I don't want to brag or anything, but like I was applying for a study exchange program and I checked my GPA for last year and I was like, uh, it was top 1.3% of the computer science students. Uh, it didn't make me feel in any way, but what makes me feel in a, like uh, gives me crazy rush of, uh, endorphins is is receiving the grade you know like you put so much time and effort into studying for an exam and it's a huge risk imagine like you could have spent that time with your friends family doing things you actually want to do as well like I, I want to study as well of course but like you spend so much time and focus into just this one thing this one exam and then getting that grade you know it's a it's an adrenaline, adrenaline rush honestly like you know like getting a good grade it feels amazing and i would say this is like i got a little bit addicted to this feeling you know just getting the grades and like look at the numbers. I think it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. I think everyone has that thing, that one thing that acts in the way as grades act, act for you maybe, the way you live course, your emotions. Yeah. On the point uh, before that though, I think I think one way that I had in during high school was that I think I had a similar way of looking at success in terms of because I also came from uh, my middle school as like the second grade, highest grade mm -hmm. in middle school. And then I got into Üsküdar, which is the best high school in Istanbul. I'll say that because there's some other Turkish school. I don't want to say that thinks they're better. But I think getting used to that and then entering high school, I've realized that maybe that is not the thing I should think about when I'm focusing on whether I'm successful, whether I'm happy, whether I'm doing what I want to do. Because I thought that there will always be someone better than me. And you know what I did? I actually looked at these 10 people that were well above me in terms of their, if, in terms of this one criteria I had in my mind when I thought about success, which is like grades. And I looked at them and I said, you know, like if I had a chance, I would never switch my grades with those people. Because adding grades and other stuff of my life, when I just look at my life as a bowl of things, and one part is grades. Mine was irreplaceable. I had so much thing that I was doing. And I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck if those grades are better than me. But when I look at this bowl of life, that I would not change it with anybody else's. And on, since that point, I have been trying to improve that bowl. I've been keeping the grades steady. I've been working, putting that effort in and having satisfactory grades. And just increasing the the wellness of that ball, putting more color into it by the means of incredible people, these side projects like this podcast, you know, making movies from my friends, even if it is a joke, it's something I really enjoy, and that gives me endorphin. And like like have you mentioned, so I think maybe for example for you, 
it wouldn't be the first thing that uh, comes to my mind about you, like the grades you get, but rather would be, you know, I have a lot of people here that have great grades, that have crazy numbers when I look at their GPAs. But with you, for example, is that even though you have that grade, as you said, you have such a colorful palette of having a good relationship for so long and having really good connections with people, having like uh, you inspire people around you. For example, I know a lot of people, common friends of ours get inspired from you in terms of how you keep that balance. I know, like, I personally am inspired by how you keep our relationship alive by suggesting me, okay, let's go to this Christmas market or let's do this, let's have this board game. I bought this wine, let's drink it. Those are things that, those are the things that inspire me about you. And I think even though the way you lived, the way you had your life structured, naturally, obviously, this has nothing to do with how you want it, but it just came out to that way. You were focused on grades, but I think you should really understand that you're having really good grades while having these parts of life well achieved as well. I think you achieved balancing out life. You achieved plan planniness, how, planny, how planned your life is. You achieved having good social relationships. And for example, I know a lot of people that call you a good planner because how you plan your time with other friends. Yes, I did talk to Emma before this podcast. Emma is Michal's girlfriend. And one of the things he's, she said about you that was really inspiring was that she pointed out that you were really good at planning your time with her. You, you planned all the vacations, where you were going to go. You did the research. And the same applies for me. You looked at the Christmas market. You bought that wine. You brought the board game. You thought that you know would be good to play with us. So you are really advanced in that thing. And that is something that I don't see in a lot of people. That's why I'm saying that. So I think you should also look at other things and actually measure out your success in life with all those combined because you deserve that. Yeah. Uh, so thanks a lot. It was very uh, nice to listen to all of this. And <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, just to quickly react to that, it's, you know, it's really hard to see the bigger picture all the time. That's the thing. Like you can just always focus on this one thing. And like, if you get a bad grade, if you fail a subject at the university, you just feel that one thing, like nothing else exists. You know, you, you never like, if you if you really like fail a course, you never see like you have a girlfriend, you have friends and other things. You cannot really like your your mind is just do not built, in my opinion, to comprehend like that many things at the same time. Uh, what helps me a lot personally is meditation. Uh, I I unfortunately like I don't know what happened to me. I think it's the honestly it's the Dutch like. Uh, you know, like the sun rises here much later than in Slovakia because uh, like we have the same Central European time zone. But like in Slovakia, everybody wakes up like 7 a.m. ish and all the like working people, like the work starts, school school as well, like 8 a.m. Uh, or sometimes even early in the like 7.30 or something. And uh, I just don't find the time in the mornings to meditate. And it like really pisses me off because I can feel it like on myself that I, I cannot appreciate the bigger picture. Like it really like I struggle with this recently like uh, I just cannot like comprehend that I have other things in life than just school or the thing I'm currently like concentrated on yeah well uh, yeah I, I, I mean I guess I would like to focus on that topic of meditation because I I know that you're into like Japanese culture mm. with uh, bonsai and uh, tea ceremonies and I'm reading Ooh. paraphrasing and you know meditations sound rituals or sauna rituals rituals yeah uh so <laughs> then uh <laughs> yeah so so get me through uh how 
that passion happen? Where did you find out about the Japanese culture? And then maybe focus on the meditation aspect because that's something I think that's really dear to you that you are angry that you can't do it that often. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily like relate it to Japanese. Uh, I don't know if all of these things are Japanese, but I don't think it matters. The thing is, I, I never did them like... Uh, because they were from one part of the world or something. I just did them because I found them interesting individually and they just tend to relate to this uh, like one part of Asia, I guess. Uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of things. So meditation, uh, I guess like the thing about me, like I've been an atheist for a really long time. Like uh, the thing happened, like I was born in a Christian family, you know, and like one day I was like 80 years old or something and my I was cherry picking uh, with my brother, you know, I was climbing the ladder. And he just asked me, like, my brother, by the way, is like 10 years older. So I he was like 18, 19 back then. I was eight or something. And he just asked me, like, do you think God exists? <laughs> and I just thought about this question, like, while climbing the ladder. And I'm like, hmm, that's a good question, actually. And, like, and I thought about it for quite a while. And ever since then, like, I've been much more inclined. Like, actually, there's no God in this world. And, yeah, and I think everything, like, comes full circle from here because, like, I think this is the origin of my passion for, for school as such, because, you know, like, imagine being, like, that young and just losing the reason for existence, you know? Like, I struggled with it a little bit, like, when I was younger. Like, imagine, like, thinking, like, there's no God, there's no afterlife, like, why are we even here? And I, I really found refuge in, in science. Uh, I really used to, like, read a lot about space. And I just thought, like, if I can make this place, like, th this world a better place by doing science, by doing uh, research i i wanted to be a uh, astrophysicist at first uh, i thought like this is going to like give uh, meaning to my life and later on in life uh, this didn't suffice really you know like you can just do that much amount of research and so on and i also found out that actually academic research is not the most fun thing to do for me so i i uh, really seek the, re seek the refuge like in other things and meditation was one of them um i was really like thinking like how can i because i think i don't know if you would agree with this but i think we all have a spiritual aspect to ourselves, and I, and i couldn't fulfill this by going to the church or praying or something so i just was looking around and i found meditation and i think it helps a lot you know it gives you the feeling of of a greater uh it gives you the feeling of you have a meaning to what you do you know like it makes you really appreciate all the things you have and it makes you just feel like we are here to just do good things, uh, be with others and so on. So this was the reason for that. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, you mentioned a bunch of things. Uh, you mentioned uh, tea ceremonies. Uh, honestly, I just like drinking tea. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I really like Who green doesn't? tea. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, there's no particular reason for that. Uh, it might be that my mother, she cannot really drink coffee. So we always used to have a lot of tea. And I just got, you know, it's caffeine as well. It has a little bit of a slower release, so I just got addicted to that in a way. And I've been, like, drinking green tea and black tea and all of this, like, for, for a while. Like, I really, from your point about religion, I really feel similar in terms of um, how you said that you felt, felt really a bit of pointless because, you know, why do we exist and stuff as the part that comes from religion or God existence went away. Like this is the th I am also an a atheist. I don't really believe uh, in I don't believe in God, nor do I believe something created but us. But like 
when I t start talking with someone who believes in about why I think religion doesn't exist or why I think God doesn't exist, I always start with saying like, you should realize that what well, my part is way harder because a, a lot of people believe. I think there isn't much generational depth in terms of like in anyone's family in terms of everyone's atheist. Like usually your parents might be, or your grandma is a believer that has like ornaments related to religion. So it's really interesting to, you know, strip out of that and find your own way. And also, as you said, like, I don't believe in God. I don't think a God created us. So I really defy any kind of point of living. So it's really hard to continue on living like that. And I still make that decision to believe so. So I'm living the harder life by having that consciousness and not actually rejecting it, but actually like embracing the fact that I, th I am aware or so to say, believe in that in that non-existence. So, and I also think it's it's freeing in my mind. I feel freed when I when I realize this because, especially where like especially in Turkey and in people that are religious, I feel like some stuff that they do are based on religion and you know being getting these or uh, doing stuff parallel to what the religion says. But from a young age, from a father that also doesn't believe and is a humanist, like weighs life, lives life with the uh, humans and humanity in the center, I did a lot of stuff that normal religious people do just because it's good for humanity. And I think people should realize that. I think some people really distinguish religion or their belief or the specific religion that they believe in from humanity i think all religion is built around humanity to make humanity better to do good stuff as a human and we just sometimes forget that all religions are created by humans because yeah. at the end if we humans didn't believe that or humans didn't want to create that it wouldn't be there because there was no book just there at the, under the sand if i remember correctly it's just human made and in this essence every big character in religion are just great examples of how to be a good human on how to help people and how to have dear thoughts and beliefs and how to be a good person in its element helping people being honest so i think they really go side by side i think an atheist and a, and a religious person really live in a similar fashion it's just that i personally think i'm aware that religion was a tool back in the day to you know control group of groups of people and make them do something like you know achieve something together do something similar like the same thing together by collecting them under the fear of god or the beauty or the strength of god or how big the god and the concept of god is creator is and you know once i realized that it was a tool for the past i really don't i think it's outdated and also i don't find reason as to believe in it I don't know. I think we live in a. I live in a. I live a scientific life. You know, I was raised in a good high school and with a good education. And now we're in uni, and I think uni is the most sacred place on earth because all these beautiful people here trying to learn and be better humans. So while everything that's there is around, I don't find the reason as to go out my way and believe in a religion. I th I think what my grandma believes in is truly beautiful. The way she has this love for God is amazing. But I think she really loves the the lessons of that religion. And that's why she's such a beautiful human, because she she does these beautiful things with the name of religion. But I think 
It's just being a good person. And I think if religion is like that uh, for people, then I respect that person. I respect their beliefs if they actually act good. But I also know that religion is quite distorted in a lot of places on earth. And they actually, people, governments place their actions on God, on religion, saying like, this is how the book says or whatever, which isn't true. And that is pretty disgusting. I think that is something that's also distinguishable amongst people's minds for example i know a lot of people fortunately have this maybe a negative connotation in their minds for islam because a lot of islamic republics and islamic countries you know do these disgusting things and then making them like by the name of allah or whatever which is totally nonsense so a lot of things happening in religion but personally i think i'm i'm fortunately i'm in this point in life where i'm educated and you know have this consciousness to say like I don't want to believe, but actually, I think if a good, if you're a good person, it doesn't really matter if you believe or not. You just act in a similar way. Yeah. So you said all, quite a lot of things in there, and I would like quite heavily agree with what you said most of the time. There is one thing I would like to uh, pinpoint, which I don't d- agree with really, and is like uh, religion is outdated. I think our society uh, needs religion, but I will get to that a little bit later. Uh, I really agree what you said, like uh, religion is a tool. I, I think so. I, and I think it has been mis- misused a lot. Uh, and I also, you said one thing, it was that uh, like religion was created by men. Uh, I don't think uh, almost no religious people, I think, believe this. I think like uh, the books, the sacred books were uh, written by men, but it's not their ideas. You know, they've been like uh, struck by God, God's mind and they just wrote what uh, God thought, you know, like. So I don't think you would find a um, you know a common uh, space to agree on with uh, religious people in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, yeah, you said a lot of uh, true things. Also, I like what you said about your grandma. Like she's a beautiful human being, and she just follows the beliefs she has, and uh, it makes her a good person. And I think this is really beautiful about the religion. You know, it took many many uh, bad people, and it made them do good things. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, and this is the thing I also like, despite, despite about uh, religion. I think it's, uh, or I actually really hated this when I was a bit younger. And I thought like religious people are like lesser people for this thing. Uh, I don't agree with it nowadays, but I used to think that. And there's the thing like you just do good things uh, to, you know, like to make God like you. You know, I was like, I was always really like uh, angry with that. Like people just like, I will do good things so I can end up in heaven. I'm like, no, I don't want to do good things I want because I want to end up in heaven. I want to do good things because I'm a good person. And I really like didn't like uh, Christian people uh, from my high school because of this, because they wanted to go to heaven and so on. Uh, however, to the most important point, I really don't agree that uh, religion is a outdating thing. I think we we need it nowadays as well. And I think uh, if you listen to like uh, some Jordan Peterson's uh, lectures about the religion, about the Bible, uh, I think Quran as well, it might change your opinion. And uh, actually, interesting thing about me, I'm much less of a anti-religion person than I used to be when I was younger. You know, for example, my brother, he's still very anti-religious. He thinks like religion destroys science. It destroys this uh, scientific way of thinking, of being skeptical, of analyzing things. And I agree with this. And I think this is the biggest uh, pitfall of religion and why it's very counterproductive to modern society, because you are basically taught not to question things. You are taught just believe, just believe in God, just trust us, you know, like there is heaven. Mm-hmm. Don't question anything. Don't question why the sun comes up. 
just believe it's God's will, you know, like, I think this is dangerous. I think this is a very dangerous thing. And I agree, agree oh, like, with you on this point. However, I think the lack of religion in Western society nowadays is the reason for the increase of depression. Um, I got this opinion a little bit from Jordan Peterson, I'm not gonna lie. But I, I see myself in this, you know, because you you can really struggle, and I struggle with this. If there's no greater meaning to this life, if there's no God, it's really hard to all the time just uh, keep doing good things because you are a good person. You know, you can get tired from this, and I think we miss religion in this sense a little bit nowadays. That's quite interesting. That is an inter- interesting aspect I haven't thought but I guess I haven't fallen to that pitfall because of my upraising with my dad in terms of how he was like a humanist. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just circled around doing good for humanity because what he used to say that if I'm a- helping a, a, a elderly woman pass the road, I'm not doing because of like God or because it's sev up in Turkish in terms of like a religious good, mm-hmm. but uh, you're doing it because it's a human and it's a child of a human. So just raising happy goodness and to the world and to the humanity because we deserve to do that and i think maybe for me what i saw from my dad's example was that 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 place in the purpose of life being replaced uh with humanism and just basing your life uh, on that aspect or way of thinking so maybe that i think i also inherited some of that thought because i haven't felt like i you know missed the purpose of life i really think that Every per- every person's purpose of life is individual because I think every pur- person's pers- purpose of life is being happy. I truly believe that. I think we all do things, very different things, because we need to be happy. We want to be happy because other than that, there is no purpose. Buying a property, I don't think that's a good purpose because you die, you're not going to have that. Even knowing what's going to happen after you die is not a good purpose because you're going to be dead. So I think the purpose is just living life while you're doing it. And I think, for example, the purpose of going to the gym is because with a healthier mind, with a confident mind, you're going to be easy. You're going to have an easier time being happy, maybe. And giving just laying out the infrastructure for you to strive and find your own happiness. And that comes from, I think, in multiple ways for different people. So maybe that is the reason as to why I haven't felt that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's very agreeable, I would say. Uh, the thing or the probably the point I was trying to make was that um, I would say like the the world's biggest religion nowadays are a little bit outdated. I think Christianity should definitely reform. They should uh, reconsider their stances and many things. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what many like young people, including myself, uh, like miss a lot because I, I would cons- consider myself to be culturally Christian. Like if we have Christmas, which isn't our biggest holiday, by the way, which some I would say like Westerners don't know, like many people just think Christmas is the biggest holiday, but it's the Easter. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I pray on Christmas and I, I despite despite like me being anti-religion in a way i do this because i found it i find it uh, part to be part of the culture you know i think it really formed europe and you just cannot deny your heritage Mm -hmm. i really hate this about uh people who study abroad and they come from a country i see this a lot with uh, people from eastern europe polish people slovak people whatever they just come here and they're like i hate my country i don't want to return there anymore everything is corrupt uh i hate the system i hate the people everybody is so stupid i just want to stay in here and i'm like Man, that's the this attitude is part of the problem. 
like this attitude of hating your country of saying like everybody else is the mistake everybody else is the reason why Poland is corrupt I'm not saying Poland is corrupt but I'm just trying to demonstrate the attitude <laughs> yeah. uh, is is part of the problem like yeah, I get that that's the thing and, and I don't want to do this with religion like I'm I was raised in a Christian uh, well my parents aren't Christian anymore but my grandparents are both of them and uh, and I come from a Christian uh, like society formed by Christians and I take it part of my heritage you know and uh, and uh, of course I I'm not perhaps like to say most proud of it and I don't practice the cr- uh, Christian religion anymore but I just I don't know I just find it to be part of the culture and I accept that yeah th- I think that's beautiful I think that's also a really soothing ex- activity for me for example um if i have to talk about my side we had a really sim- i have a really similar dynamic in which my parents don't believe but my grandparents do but my mo- uh, both actually both side of my family they come from this one branch of islam called alevi uh and this branch if you really think about it is focused on humanism as much as i think i mean obviously i'm not that informed on others but i haven't seen any other type of religion or belief that is this humanist for example the main praying um environment uh, for example the mo- most known ones are jamis which uh, you have everywhere in, in turkey but the main praying environment of this branch is called gem evi gem house and um here both genders uh, both sexes they can enter the same part of the building mm-hmm. and they can just pray together the women do not have to close their hair fully if they don't want to and they just sit together and at the end of the praying they just come together and one person usually an elderly and known one talks about life not in a very religious way but about what they did for good and then they sing songs together about life and that is just beautiful and the way i perceived religion from my grandma's eyes were so beautiful in which she was really explaining for example the way they um they fast they don't necessarily fast for ramadan or ramazan the the one that people know for islam but they fast for 30 days for the killing of the people that they find holy because this person uh, ali hazreti ali prophet ali was going to be at the top of the the civilization back then but then he was killed for by the other people uh, by other people and i mean uh, forgive me for not knowing the name specifically or knowing the information maybe i should have but they pray because the the person that they believed and the, also their children were 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 killed by other people and that is just beautiful and you know also this equality between men and women as i've mentioned those stuff are really based I mean, maybe the other way around, human humanity and humanism is based on similar things like that, and therefore, like I really saw a good example of religion, and um, and it's just you know, for example, so that is something I'm really proud of. Like I come from a religion that has these beliefs, which is superb, and even so, the are the blood I'm coming from, like being Turkish, like the Turkish civilization was happened so were happening in middle not middle east but um yeah around middle east not not necessarily so but the the west and north side of china right now where the turk civilizations were happening and then they were migrated to uh, anatolia and during that migration was islam forced upon the civilizations so and with before that if i recall correctly the turkish civilizations were one of the first civilizations where women was allowed to you know rule and there was times with uh, within those civilizations where women ruled 
the whole civilization, which is absurd concerning how even current thoughts and current things we're discussing is somewhat contradicting to that. And like these things, as you said, for example, the way you really praise the 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 Christian culture or you know praying at Christmas because you feel you know I think you feel home maybe you feel like you're at safe place right? or you feel good uh, and similar to me living really embracing this Turkish culture and also this part of religion that my family resides in that I think it gives me so much somewhat safeness like I feel really safe thinking that because I come from that and fortunately I'm proud of that and it's something I can be proud of so yeah Yeah, that's very nice. I, I would say like what you mentioned is uh, like it sounds uh, like a very I have never heard the part of uh, Islam you mentioned, uh, but it sounds to be a little bit more modern in a way, I would say. Also, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't know that much about Muslim religion, to be honest, but what I found uh, concerning is that, you know, the during like the, if I'm not mistaken, like the prophets Muhammad's era, like the Muslim world was the peak of uh, education, you know, like they built the first universities, the best mathematicians were in that uh, place, in that era and so on. And uh, I find it like highly concerning that people that are using um, Islam as a weapon are ending up in a society that are exactly the opposite of that. You know, if you look at the Islamic state and what it always turns out to be, it's a, it's a, well, it's a hell of a place, you know, where females have no rights, There's no education at all. And I just don't see how people ignore this, how they ignore the vision of the prophet who actually wanted, or I don't know if he wanted that, but he created a educated society that was ruling the world, at least uh, academic-wise. And uh, people are trying to recreate that in a way that they forbid education, that they forbid females to educate. And it's, I, I find this highly concerning. I don't know. I think this is a very stupid thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there there are a lot of reasons why Islamic republics are currently failing and having like these heart human rights issues and violations and the way they're lived, they're living and they're being ruled. And I don't really, I I have a clear idea, and I'm happy that I know I have a clear idea about I think why that happens. But I'm more concerned about the people that are living there, and also further more concerned about the people's other people's uh, perceptions of religion, because like I think even though I don't believe it. I you know I also had some hostile thoughts about religion but at the same time like I think if you really look at it deep down like a lot of religions are beautiful if you look at them in a specific way and I I just don't want these people that are interpreting interpreting or even just doing very evil things and putting it on religion just scrape off religion like that I just don't yep. like that but I fortunately that's the case Yeah uh, just to perhaps like summarize my recent thoughts about religion uh i would say that uh, I, I truly believe, like, as you mentioned, uh, like, way, way back, uh, good people will do good things, even without religion. However, religion is almost the only thing in this world that can make good people do bad things. And I think this is the dangerous thing about religion. And I and I actually, you mentioned something like, um, I admire the Christian culture. I wouldn't say so necessarily. It just, I take it part of my heritage. Whether it's good or bad, it's part of me. It is part of my character as well. And uh, as I mentioned, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily proud of it. There's, of course, many bad things about mm-hmm. it, but but it's part of who I am, who my uh, ancestors were, and so on. And I just uh, respect that, you know? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I will have to think about this again, maybe reconsider praying on Christmas, you know? We will see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should always be dynamic, right? Open to change. 
So, okay, let's talk about Posadka. <laughs> let's talk about my village for sure. Yes, so let, let, let me hear about it. We talked about the culture. I mean, not necessarily a part of it, but I think the reason why I want to have open this topic is including me. I think almost all of our viewers don't necessarily know much about Slovakia. Yeah. Because it's really interesting, especially your village, which I don't think anybody has heard of. Yeah. I don't uh, even know if they know it knew it existed. Yeah, like <laughs> most people. No, like most people don't know about this village neither. So it's called Posadka. It's uh, extremely small village. You know, like uh, it's probably like 80-ish people nowadays. I'm not sure honestly, but it's a. It's not even a village anymore. That's the thing. Like uh, the population has decreased so rapidly. Like they just. Um, uh like we became a street of another village which is kind of far away but <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but yeah we just uh we just called the village anyways and um yeah what to say about it it's a, it's a pretty f- a pretty funny thing because um, like i noticed this about myself and i think i'm a little bit different in this aspect like most people that i meet abroad um during my university studies and so on are from uh, larger cities or they are like from a metropolitan area Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not at all. Uh, like Slovakia is a pretty rural country on its own, and I come from a really small, not that remote, but it's an extremely small village. Uh, and of course, the ways of uh, being are a little bit different in there. Uh, what to say, man? I don't know. Actually, it used to be like it has a very rich history. Uh, I don't think it's that interesting to talk about. But um, before we, we were invited by the Turkish people, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Ottoman Empire, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a there used to be quite a large uh, population in the place. Like there used to be a, a wooden um, fortress, and then the Ottoman Empire. Uh, invaders like came and they destroyed the thing and then the people moved away from the village Damn. Uh, and uh, actually like the village where I'm from it's one of the culturally uh, or archaeologically I should say uh, richest places in Europe uh, they recently I think it's like two weeks ago they found like it's probably like within the reach of 10 kilometers from my home they found a, a second oldest um, uh, archaeological site uh, in a whole of Europe Whoa. Like uh, they are rethinking the like history of Europe because they just thought like the first like bigger civilizations and so on were only in the Middle East, I think. Uh, and they found like a like a village close to my home that's like dated uh, way way back. And that's also, yeah, sorry, uh, also like when we were doing uh, some excavations in my garden, like we found like mass graves. Uh, it was like of people like they had their legs like uh, close to their belly like they were bent in a certain way and the archaeologists like they told like they this is uh, at least 7000 years old i think so there was a lot of uh, things going on and uh, also it's pretty easy to explain at least that what the archaeologists told me is that like uh, there is uh, uh, like a pretty this is the longest river we have in Slovakia it's uh, going very close to my my village and my village is on the hill so you always had a hillside, which is uh, very good, of course, because you have like a good view. You can see the surroundings and so on. It's all, all very fertile because of the river and uh, things like this. So there might have been a, uh, my village is probably the lowest uh, in terms of population as it ever been. But yeah, it's an interesting place for sure. Wow. That is crazy. But wow. It's so interesting because as a person that, you know, was born and raised in a metropolitan area, as you said. Like, I lived in this, the capital of civilization, probably. Like, Istanbul is yep. one of the biggest capitals, and not capital, but biggest, you know, civilization locations in the world with crazy history. And 
you know, funny enough that I really genuinely still think that I, you know, I cannot live in a country, in a in a city that's not the capital. Or, mm. al- or, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, Istanbul's yeah. not the like, legal capital. But so it's really interesting see, hearing a story, hearing the life story of another person that lives, that lived in a non-capital or metropolitan area. So... But get me through. Give me through about the activities that you did there. Did I mean I'm not? I don't want to be. Sh- I don't. I'm not sure. But I think you also mentioned that you sometimes had like some farming duties, right? Uh, yeah. So the the thing is like my my grandparents are uh, pretty old. Uh, I think uh, in case of like in terms of my age, like I'm 20 currently. They are 82 and 81 currently. So there is a quite a big age difference, and uh, my grandfather was born, uh, sorry, was born in the village uh, where I was raised. Mm-hmm. So he has stayed his whole life in there, and uh, like our lives are so different. Like it's honestly, it's even hard to, con- like to conceive for me like how his life was different from mine. Like both of my grandparents, they only went for eight years, uh, to any sort of educational institution. They just went to primary school for eight years, and that's it. And I truly find it amazing how educated still they are, both mm. of them. Like they can count very well. They can mm. they can do all the multiplications you need for a <laughs> everyday life. Yeah. And uh, they're both like pretty bright people. Like they can conceive many like modern w- world things even in their late 80s, despite having such a such a uh, you know like uh, narrow education like uh, during their uh, young age. Uh, and yeah, the activities, well, man, like I didn't go to kindergarten. Uh, I just went for one year when I was six years old, which is quite uncommon. And the reason being is because uh, like I lived on a farm, you can call it, like we have a pretty big garden. Um, my grandfather used to do a lot of winemaking. We used to make like 3000 liters of wine uh, per year. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of wine. You know, we have a drinking problem in Slovakia, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, is it, but red wine? Uh, all of it, like white, uh, red, and recently been doing uh, rosé. Whoa! But can, do you have your own brand? No, no, no. Like uh, your producer for another brand. No, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, he sells uh, the. Well, I shouldn't talk about selling, man. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to, we can just close that topic. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I just mean like uh, he, like the most of the wine was gifted to his friends. Like my grandfather was a social beast, you know. Like he had all the friends. Like you. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, he gifted like it sounds like a lot, but like really, like there always has been like weddings going around in the villages and the cities around. So like he. You know, he gifted a lot of the wine away and so on. And also there is a restaurant, like a pretty famous uh, in terms of like the winemaking. So he just like sold all of the wine uh, juice to the like place and then they sell it under their own brand, of course. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. But uh, yeah, recently it's been just like a couple of uh, hundreds of liters of wine just for personal use, like holidays and things like this. It's more of a hobby than a hustle, you know. And uh, yeah, and my grandfather, he's really crazy into gardening and I really admire this about him because it's, a, it's his like life passion, you know? Um, that's, like, that's amazing. Yeah, like he's really like, it makes him happy, you know? Like every single day, honestly, like uh, without taking any breaks, uh, he wakes up like 7 a.m., he goes to the garden or he takes care of the animals we have, which are uh, just rabbits and uh, chicken nowadays, but it used to be also like pigs and we used to have a bunch of other animals as well. So yeah, that's his life passion. And I've been, of course, influenced by that, you know. I didn't go to uh, kindergarten, uh, which like thankfully hasn't influenced me that much. 
uh, because I wanted to stay with my parents. Like I really didn't want to go at first. Uh, later on, when I went, just for one year, I actually was a little bit sad about it because I found a lot of good friends in there and I was uh, surprisingly pretty social for not uh, being in contact with other young people mm-hmm. for my like early uh, age. But uh, yeah, like I stayed at the farm most of the time. I used to do like, you know, like playing with rabbits and like feeding them and so on a lot when I was young. Wow. That's very interesting. That's crazy. Like I'm smiling right now. <laughs> Yeah, man, you should come. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you how to take care of a rabbit or something. It's a yeah, it's yeah, a for sure. Skill. And yeah, but well, how were how were you as a child? Because I think I know you, that you have a scar on your eyebrow because you were like jumping on a table and you fell down, right? Damn, that's a that's a weird story. Yeah, for sure. So like, um, just yeah. get me through whether you were an energetic person or were you like a social or cute kind or were you like distant or angry or whatever. I don't think you were angry. You don't. You seem like a cute guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I definitely don't think I was angry. I was pretty energetic. I I think I miss the energy, man. I don't know. I should probably stop drinking ca- caffeine or something. Like I I miss the energy of the old days, you know. But like, yeah, I used to have a lot of energy. And uh, <laughs> the eyebrow story, you know, like it was uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, each Christmas, like I go with my grandfather to the cemetery and we like uh, pray for his uh, parents and so on mm-hmm. and like just before this you know like uh, we all like take a bath and we get dressed and th- as everybody else was taking a bath I don't know I just was feeling the energy of Christmas you know I was <laughs> really excited for presents so I started like dancing on the <laughs> on the <laughs> dinner table and I slipped and I fell off and like uh, I could have like po- poked my eye out or something because I fell like on the edge of the table Oof. but it yeah it hit my eyebrow um, so yeah, uh, like uh, I have a scar. I don't know if you can see it right now, but uh, it's here. Yeah, somewhere like in my eyebrows, but I'm not sure like which side is it. Oh, even. it's here. I saw it now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's pretty nice. It's, you look like a TikTok guy, like you know that yeah. has artificially done. You know, but you can't see it. I have really dense eyebrows, so it's hard to yeah, see. Like if I don't nice, show bro. you, pretty nice eyebrows. Scar, yeah. <laughs> you have pretty nice eyebrows. Yeah, like uh, yeah. people say I have the Turkish genes in me because of the <laughs> eyebrows and the beard, so I don't know, man. You kind of do like a look like a Turkish cha- Turkish guy, but like a top 1%, like, you know, handsomeness, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, that's crazy. Come Thank on, you, man. man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You're like the top 0.1%, you know? Okay, okay, okay. I know that. I know that. I know that. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I have crazy stories myself, too. I had this... F- I had eyebrows? This, yeah. I had Ooh. this fucking bully... In middle school, like third grade, he's fucking bullying me for no reason in middle, in, in primary school. The thing about me is that I was like a high libido guy. I was constantly talking to women, to women. Like I'm saying, woman was second grade, and I had so many girlfriends, and like I was talking to them always. And this bully, I just, I think he was just so much so jealous because I was pulling all these women, and just threw this pencil case at me, and the pencil case had a scissor, and the scissor just came right here. Ooh. I would. I mean, it, that could have been defined my future, but I, I'm good right now. Other thing, I was at my grandma's, grandpa's place. I'm just jumping on the sofa and I fall down, and my head hits the radiator right here. Ooh, Pff, crazy! I, it was absurd, but I was chilling. I was like, I still continued. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, my mom energy, tells me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, I was a pussy as a child, you know, like I, I just, I used to, the thing is like, I was a, I mentioned like very early on, like I think children are evil and maybe it's just me that I'm evil, but like 
I used to be a bad child because of my like my brother is so much older and I just found out like very early on like if I just start crying like parents are just going to like uh, you know basically be angry at my brother and not at me so like anytime I got into an argument with my brother I would just start crying at the end and my parents would be like what did you do to him you know like they would just like shout at him and shit so I would always come out as the victim Damn. Uh, and that yeah that was crazy well, like my brother got a lot of uh, shit talk because of not being nice to me and actually he was a crazy good sibling when I was young like he took uh, great care of me that's amazing so yeah uh, um, what about high school How was the dynamic socialist life and stuff? And how was it in Slovakia? Because I bet it's different than uh, Turkey. We can talk about that too later. That's a good question. Uh, so I went to a bilingual school. It was English Slovak. Uh, oh. Actually, it's it's a little bit it's a it's a lie. You know, like our bilingual schools, they are not bilingual. Like either you get the subjects in English or in Slovak. So some subjects I was never taught, like chemistry or biology. I was always taught in English. And mm. some subjects, like I don't know, maths, I was always taught in Slovak. So it's a really weird concept, honestly, of having like the subjects like switch some of them in Slovak, some of them in English. Yeah. But it's very time efficient, of course, because you get the languages, you get the vocabulary, which is very useful in English mm-hmm. uh, to know like biology stuff and so on. And uh, yeah, maths. I guess actually maths in Slovak I th- or like in your native language, I guess is a good idea, right? Because uh, the formulas look the same anyways. And it's easier sometimes to comprehend things when you hear them in your native language. Uh, So yeah, I did that. Uh, I think it was a great move. Like you really, you know, like speaking in English a lot, you really like uh, learn the language culturally as well. And I think this is like missed by many people who have like really good academic English, but they don't speak regularly. Like they don't live the culture, you know, like they never watched any like British or American YouTubers and so on and so on. And they just can't comprehend the culture itself. They speak perfectly well, but they just don't understand the songs that the Western world produces and so on. So I think the high school was great for this, you know, like getting the culture of uh, the US, the UK and so on to get to know them a little bit better. And yeah, I think for this reason, it was not that different from uh, big city high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it was not the bad school. It's one of the better high schools we have. Great. Uh, but it wasn't like world class. Like when I meet people uh, like at TU Delft in here, like they went to much better uh, high schools. You can't really, in my opinion, uh, feel the difference except for math. Like uh, I think especially Turkish people, they have, or like anybody who went like to a very prestigious high school, they have like crazy good math. And I am kind of envious of that, you know. But other <laughs> than that, I think it's not that different, actually. Was it uh, in Slavin? Was that? S- is where where was the high school? I think I I think it might be in Slavin or Bratislava. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I I just went to Trnava, which is the. Oh. It's close to Bratislava, uh, but it was not in Bratislava. Like in Bratislava, we have a really good high school. It's called Juraja uh, Hronca. It's like a world class as well. You can do Whoa. the like world class i mean at least like good in europe like you can do the european uh baccalaureate yeah yeah Yeah. that's super i like that yeah like that one is really good my my school was like i think i was taught everything i needed to have been taught but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you know like i was taught something extra what about social life what about like girls nice topic eh? how was the how was the dynamic because i think it's i think it's different in every in, in every country like how the girls boys relationship is mm. in high school and stuff good question yeah uh, 
or not necessarily only for girls. I don't want to like this, you know, disturb it just like that, but just in general, like groups of friends, and relationships, yeah. friendships, all that sort. I had a pretty stable group of friends for most of my high school. Uh, I must say the first year was a little bit uh, depressing. You know, I was late for the uh, classroom first day of school, which is never a good thing. And I had to sit like next to a random guy. Actually, I didn't know nobody uh, when I went to my high school. And uh, actually, my whole life has been like this. You know, I'm from a village. I went to a smaller town when I went to kindergarten. I didn't know nobody. Wow. Then I went to primary school, the same thing. Then high school, I didn't know nobody again. And university is the same thing. So I'm quite used to the idea of like not knowing people and like having to like basically infiltrate like already established groups of friends. Uh, which is not always the best thing because like people it's it's hard to actually like uh, you know like to get in a f group of friends like if they already know each other but uh, I did that uh, however the fir first year was hard for me because like um, I said to a random guy and like automatically like we were like friends for a couple of the first months with like the people who sat next to me and they were not the best people in terms of like their life attitude like uh, most of them were like really like I hate my life, I hate the school, I hate like everything, like a very, very negative attitude to life. And I'm not like that. And it was killing me a lot, honestly, in the beginning. Like I just felt depressed, you know, like they just make me feel like I'm the loser. And I'm not saying I'm not, but like it's not a healthy attitude to life. Like you're not yeah. going to do anything about yourself if you just feel like you're the loser and you admit, admit it all the time. So Definitely. that was not nice. But like uh, early on in the second year or perhaps even the end of the first year, I like found my stable high school like group of friends and we are still like talking even nowadays. So it was like I had a lot of friends. Uh, I had a normal social life. I wouldn't say I was going crazy because I still like lived uh, in a village which was not the closest to my house high school so i couldn't go out every day but of course like friday saturdays and so on i would be with my friends and we would just like spend some time together so it was okay i would say perfect that's really nice yeah how Good. about you man like how was your social life mine i mean it was good it was good in high school it was interesting because when i came into high school like we i had an i went to an american high school so to say Uskudar. yes Uskudar, shout out at like we were 180 people 90 boys 90 girls in one class no in, in one class 25 i think and i entered there with like a lot of expectations i was excited but the first year like prep year i had because it was five years and one of them was prep um i was like a bit of an immature person mm. i had done some wrong to some people and um but then I learned a lot because at the end of the year, like I got a really bad breakup with my group of friends because I had like a, I had done something wrong. And that year, my friend Kamil, who is my best friend, a Belgian friend that I have from high school that's uh, studying at Belgium right now, mm -hmm. shout out. And he was also in that group, but he was like, "Okay, you fucked up really bad, but I think you can get through it." And you know, he was uh, he was always there. And I think having him and also some other friends that was like really was a good infrastructure and like ha kept me up but then ninth grade i really got the matured and you know focused on myself and had a good good comfortable uh, group of friends you know that continued and i just found my social self because also when i started high school my parents got separated so maybe that had something in me that you know impacted my you know stress levels or maybe how comfortable i was myself so and after, you know, that was concluded and I found, figured out how to manage that myself, I really got 
the full opportunity to you know portray what I potentially can, my full potential in terms of social life, focus, performance, and all that. I think it was pretty good. I had a lot of good 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 people that I still am in contact with. Also, I'm happy with you know my relationship with other girls because you know it was an important thing for me. I think it's important. My uncle is like a fucking playboy mm. he was dating like this this top model of turkey <laughs> he had like this 1973 pontiac living that life and he had this uh, like sexiest house near the near the bosphorus bridge and he was just living life and i learned a lot from him about women as well and so like i got i was lucky with the woman and i had some you know good people in my life but at the end they really matured me to who i am right now and with bad stuff I had with my friends, with bad stuff I had with my relationships, with good stuff I had with my friends and relationships, I turned out really good, in my opinion, socially. Mm. And also education, best high school in Istanbul, it really gave me a lot, especially public speaking was one of the, was the key I got out from that from the high school. And also the way to study, to plan your life, your time, your focus, your interests, your hobbies, whatever. Those are pretty crucial things I learned from my high school and also the IB that I did. Um, the diploma so i think looking back i think it was one of the best times of my life i mean life is currently very short 20 years but it was pretty good yeah. i had a lot of fun yeah i think it turned out just fine you know like i think it's all good uh actually i wanted to ask you like what was the lowest point mentally me in your life was it like the the, the like the time when you fucked up with your like friend group from primary school or was it something else so my lowest point mentally I think it was around that time. I think it was the time, prep school, prep year, first year of high school. I had this friend uh, uh, in my group, and I did bad. I acted bad. I think I talked behind that person, but it definitely wasn't nice. I mean, I'm a, I'm a prep. I was like 15, so I really can't speak it freely because I, I don't think I have any part of that person in me right now. I changed quite a lot. But what I did was wrong, and then it turned out like you know everyone figured it out, and you know everyone was like, "That's really bad, so I you shouldn't do that." And we got distant. And at that point, also because my you know some instability within my household of the the, the separation, and I'm I'm just gonna say I think my parents were pretty good at the separation. They didn't inflict anything on me. I wasn't no reflection, so I was happy. But I mean, still you mm. get disrupted in a way. Yeah. Um. And at that point, I was pretty alone, so that was really fucked up. And um, so that's why I think that was my lowest point. Maybe other lowest point I had was um, during COVID 2020. Mm. I had a girlfriend on uh, at June 2020, and she sep- she you know uh, broke up with me, but she didn't give me any details or any reason as to why this was happening. And we just broke up and like we could we stopped all connections and that was like the craziest part of my life because you know that that three months where i was in covid you know lockdown i like i just had her and uh some other stuff that i i did personally but without her that i you know built my social life on during that lockdown like summer just came up so it was really fucked up because i didn't know what to do mm. during that summer and also one thing that i learned from that what she made me feel that i would never feel make anyone feel is to leave someone without telling something or 
any like even in like software projects if you're doing something you should tell why you're doing that yeah because then you put the person on a spiral on why they did what they did what why you did what you did and that can make their mind go miles and miles in a very unhealthy way so that's one thing if i'm going to do something i have to tell you the person why otherwise it's like the worst torture i think you can do to person and it's just lessons, man. I think uh, all of these things that I mentioned, bad stuff, they were just really valuable lessons. And I'm hap- and I think if I didn't have that problem in my relationship, I would never have such a good relationship, such a healthy and loving relationship that I'm having right now. Or if I didn't fuck up with that group of friends, which I'm in good terms right now, I wouldn't be able to have good relation become a good friend for my friends right now. So I think those happen. We experience that that shitty emotions but if you get lessons from that then it's worth it yeah i think that's a really like healthy attitude towards life in general just like looking at everything as a life experience that you can learn from you know yeah not being like oh my god why is this happening to me just being like look like man this is gonna make me a stronger person from the long term probably at least mm-hmm. and i think that helps a lot you know like when i'm struggling like at the university or something I just always think like if life is hard, you know, like I'm came here for this reason, for the things like to learn new things, to become a more resilient person, and this is part of the process. So I think this helps a lot if you think about life in this way. Do you want to share your lowest point? Yeah, actually, when I ask you the question, I'm like, man, like I actually don't know what my lowest point is, but I thought about it a little bit during the thing, and I guess it was like um, I heard like. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is, uh, was like a little bit struggling with mel- mental health. Of course, I don't know anything about him like from the personal side of view, but like uh, what I'm trying to say, like I think the point for him was like uh, he was like at the like at the top of his career, he was the number one, and now you can see he's like uh, like play style fading a little bit and he's like falling down the charts and things. And I think this must be extremely difficult, you know, like to be number one and to see yourself go like slowly just to see other people like become better than you i think this is extremely challenging mentally and i've experienced something uh similar in this way of course i was never number one in the world like at anything but what i was good at was of course like school and i had a pretty good like social life in primary school this is like the sixth grade so i guess i was like 12 13 ish years old and like a uh, new guy came to our uh, to my like uh, class or what do you call it? Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he was he had like dyslexia or something, so he was two years older, and like it really like destroyed my you know like my life in a way that like all the girls started falling down for him. You know, like he was two years older, and I was like the center of attention like at that time, and like everybody just started like talking to him, and he sort of like replaced me. You know, like he became the the person like everybody looks at when like something funny is to be said or something, you know, and this like hurt me a lot. And I I guess it says something like about my ego and the person I was at the time, uh, which of course I hope I learned from as well, but like it was really difficult for me, like having something, you know, like having a social status, being like uh, center of a friend group or something and somebody else coming and taking it from you. It was a really hard period for me. And I got like into all the fights with him. Like he he uh, broke my neck or something. Like he shook my head and shit. Like he was so much stronger, you know. So it, like uh, like I had to wear like the, uh, what do you call it? Like the thing around your head so it doesn't like break and things. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, yeah. And uh, bro, I was a evil person at the time as well. Like 
you know, like that, that that's person like parents were broke up and uh, I was like, you know, I was really angry at him. So I just started like saying like, you know, like your parents, they broke up because they don't love you and things like these. And he got cool. so angry, bro. Like we got into so many fights with them, uh, with the guy. And yeah, that was a pretty low like mental point in my life, I guess. Wow. That is crazy. <laughs> what to say now, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know that you had something like that. And it's really interesting how you had that like as a such a young age, but it's you can still talk about it like with this passion about or like with these emotions packed like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I became friends with the guy like after all. Like we we okay. we talk nowadays, it's fine and things, but yeah, I was really like it was just me, or right? you know, like it, uh, I was just like envious of him like being the guy I wanted to be or I was for a while, like taking the things I had from me and it was I, I think like in the end it was my my fault like i cannot remember any of mm. the details and things but i was the guy who was like jealous and i was just like you know like going into him too much and talking shit to him because what like what he was at that time Damn. so yeah man wow so okay so by the way do you have anything to do in like do you, do you would you mind if we have it a bit longer like 10 20 minutes no it's it's all good bro like we can okay. of course i just want to check your calendar so that's fine. okay it's, it's fine i actually can i ask you a question man i have a question for yes, you yes go ahead go ahead i'm open to questions man i wrote some questions down but uh oh, great. Bro, one of them is lowest mental point i even forgot i wrote it down but we answered that man go um ahead. i really wanted to ask you about two things like socialism and oh and and really important thing like how do you perceive like happiness from material things you know like i can perhaps start with a story yeah. um when is this this like thing coming out approximately just like week two weeks or something when we had a conversation about this uh no, no i mean like when is this podcast coming oh, out approximately i'm seeing i think next week next like week. friday sheesh okay so i can because i just wanted to talk about my girlfriend's christmas present but uh i cannot reveal it then but like i bought something like uh, very nice for my girlfriend yeah and i don't know man like it's it's a like a uh what do you call it like a designer brand thing i have never uh, bought anything like from a such a like expensive designer brand before and i just thought like uh what do you call it philosophically about it for a while you know like when i unboxed like the package like with all the fucking like writings like designed in Milano and like manufactured here and you can like track the material like who, where it was made and things like this and I just thought to myself like I don't know man like this doesn't give me any emotion you know like mm -hmm. just buying something really expensive which I didn't buy for my girlfriend because I want to her to like feel or I don't expect her to feel like in like to be fulfilled by this material thing but I just I just like I really respect the designer who made the thing and I thought like it would be a nice present you know like to to my girlfriend like to buy her something very um uh, like respectable design wise so i did that but yeah the feeling like i got after buying the thing was really mixed up you know like i would want to hear your opinion on this wow that's interesting funny enough your girlfriend said that he d you don't like buying that much like materialistic stuff like clothes in days especially christmas I don't know, man. Like, uh, for my like, I don't like receiving those things, or I don't bu like buying those things for her. Yeah, I think I think she meant, um, she meant more like receiving. Receiving, probably. yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I I actually, I have a very weird uh, relation with material goods. Like, I really, I really appreciate like things that somebody had to take their own time and to make them. You know, like yeah. if I see somebody wearing like a really expensive watch. 
I don't think like, man, that guy is rich. Like I'm so envious of him having so much money. I just think like I would really want to have that watch because it like, it like you you appreciate like the craftsmanship. Like somebody had to take their time and like spend yeah. like big part of their life like building a really crazy watch. And I just really like. It just like gives a meaning like to the item for me, you know. It's not just a thing like somebody manufactured on a machine in China like in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like somebody really dedicated part of their life, and I just I just see like reasons for something's being that expensive for that reason. But but I, I don't know, man. Like buying just like designer things doesn't make me happy. I guess. What I see about these materialistic stuff is that I like buying the best of what I buy like that doesn't mean i'm gonna buy the fastest car but for example if i'm gonna buy a boxer i'm gonna like put a lot of research into it what's the best boxer the one that has the most like airy feeling and that you know doesn't make you sweat and i'm gonna buy the best one for example i have a list of almost all things if you ask me i'll off suggest you to buy that so can i jump in for a bit like yeah. real quick like do you have the problem of your ties like um like what do you call it like uh hitting each other and like getting the right yeah. ties right have the same thing it's so bad yeah i know i know that's why i wear like nine inch long jo- yeah, boxers. yeah bro. It's, it's a nasty you know like you must yeah. buy like big boxers so for example that gives me a lot of joy when i buy that because you know i go like oh like this problem is finally solved so i buy under armor boxers or calvin klein's usually under armors because they're much more high i think um, like higher quality you think so yeah definitely mm. and so for example in i seek that in materialistic stuff like uh, for example getting the best headphones if it's also that makes sense price point i'll do that it's not necessarily the brand but i think i really like how people you know sometimes really put effort in the the thing that they buy you if it's personalized, it makes you feel so good. Yeah. Because I don't know. I think you you will have relationships. I mean, obviously, if you're not, if you don't get married to the person that you're in relationship right now, you will have future relationships, or you will have, let's say, future presents that you're gonna buy. But you know, something that this person bought you by thinking about your relationship with them, which is unique, that can never be replaced. You you see. So, for example. How I see is, let's see, let's say we bought a designer T-shirt. Like, the next boyfriend can buy a more expensive designer T-shirt. But an ex-boyfriend cannot buy this one very specific, you know, photo on canvas. Because, you know, you did that with your hand. Or just an incredible thing that you did with your own hand. Like, that cannot be replaced. So, I think in gifts, I really seek that. I really love that. And... Obviously, I think some material stuff are really nice. I like, for example, um, I'm really keen on sensitive and smell. And, like, I really code people in my mind based on their perfumes, for example. Really? Yeah. And she really loved this one perfume. And I was going to get her something for our anniversary, one-year anniversary. And I planned something to do um, with my hand, like DIY. And it's still in the making. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to, like, you know give it as a christmas gift but i thought you know she really likes it and i think i like i felt really at home because one day she showed me this perfume saying like look at this perfume it's amazing and i smelt it and my mind just connected them too and i was like wow that's like that made me feel so much in comfort and then i bought her that because and now like when she uses that perfume and i go like i make i become really happy because my mind she's like that kind of <laughs> she's connected with that perfume 
just like so much like elegant, nice, and at home. So I bought her that. So sometimes I think you can buy materialistic goods, but I think if you have a reason behind, if I mean you love that person, so if you think it's a good price, it's a, it's a good gift. Then I think it's a good gift. Yeah. I don't like the smell thing you mentioned. It's a little bit like alien to me. I think I have a like a weird nose. You know, like my brother broke my nose when I was like eight months old or something. It's a story to tell as well. Like, uh, do you know, like, uh, if you have like a truck that carries like a really heavy like uh, payload, you know, like a lot of rocks or something like mm -hmm. cement, like it is like the shell on its back. And we used to have that. Like, it was a really popular like uh, toy during communism in Slovakia or Czechoslovakia. Like, you would just like uh, sit the kid inside of the or like on the on the what do you call it? Like the container. We just like place them in the container and like. Um, carry them like or like um you know like attach a wire to the car and just like drive the car around like holding the wire in your hand and my brother did that in a really like a crazy fashion you know he would just he would just like pull me around like our like uh like house and things and he just like we were outside and like he pulled me real hard and like i fell off the thing and i i think i crashed into a tree and uh i broke my nose apparently and i also like dislocated my shoulder and everybody was concerned about the shoulder, you know, because you could see it visual and things like this. So they took me to the hospital and they were fixing the shoulders and things like, I don't know, like something like this. And uh, they forgot about the nose or they haven't noticed. And ever since then, I have this really like crooked nose, which I don't mind visually, but I mind it because uh, it gets like, uh, it gets like filled or what do you call it, like stuck all the time. Like always like one of my uh, nose thingies, what do you call them? Nostrils like get stuck with... Uh, I don't know, like I cannot breathe properly mm -hmm. and it's a bad thing. So maybe I don't perceive smells in the same way as you do. You know, like maybe I just, maybe I smell bad the whole time and I no. don't know, man. Like, no, <laughs> maybe. Or what's your smell association with me? You know, like, damn, I should think about that. I don't know. Bro, you know, I told you, man, I don't smell myself, so I must smell like shit or something. Like, if I, you no, don't know. I, no, you obviously don't smell <laughs> like shit, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I have gotten deep in depth of what you smell like. Well, that's good. Like people have like very specific perfumes in my mind sometimes, like that they use. So I think about those, but not you. Are you into perfumes? Like, do you know the brands and things? Yeah. Really? I like perfumes. Do you know which one I have? No. I have Prada Ocean. Prada Ocean. You know it. The blue one. Like Prada, yeah, okay, I know it's it. I think it's glass, like yeah, yeah, yeah you know transparent. I know it. You're like the German guy with the yeah. perfumes. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Man? Uh, like some guy. Uh, I forgot. Bro, Whatever, it's, man. It's so funny. You have another question, bro? I might check it out, but yeah, I just wrote down socialism, but oh, socialism, bro. That's a very deep topic. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, we that. shouldn't. We shouldn't get into it too deep. But like, but I just want to say, man, like socialism sucks. You know. Yeah, I'll it. say one thing. All right, we had a conversation about this. I thought I understand that my ideals have some parts of socialism in it, but I know consciously that socialism cannot work. And I've realized that my beliefs are more to our social democracy such that we live in Europe. Fully and agree. So maybe like it's I know that some of the stuff like for example socialism itself, I don't think it can work. Has yep. a lot of like problems with it. Uh in real in if you think about it realistically. And uh, that's why I have recognized that my thoughts are more towards social democracy. In terms of social life, I, I'm more of a liberal. Like you say, I'm a progressive person. and I'm happy. I'm content with how I believe things and what I believe in. And just like to say the real quickly, like my opinion, like it's for me, it's both personal and like 
uh, political or what would you say? Like the thing is like Slovakia or like we were part of the uh, Soviet Union and mm. I don't know, man, like it, it destroyed like a lot of our economy, of our culture as well. Like people perceive us nowadays as to be Russian. Like I find it so weird because like we have no Russian influence or, or like the Eastern Slavic influence or for so long. Like we were part of uh, the same country like with uh, Czech Republic, Austria and Hungary like for thousand years straight or mo- maybe more, more, even more than that. And I think like our culture is much more similar to Germans, Austrians or even Hungarians uh, than Russians. Like we are very different people, especially Czech Republic, which is yeah. very, very liberal. And I just don't like like what the Soviet Union did to our culture, like uh, during the 50 years we had it or something, whatever. But the thing I wanted to say, like I really, uh, despite the time, because uh, my mother, she has some very affluent cousins or they were very like, uh, they had a lot of influence during the time, like they were doctors and so on. And like they achieved the things they have achieved just because of the regime, like their parents were rich uh and like they were like part of the government or something whatever but the idea is like they could study at like prestigious universities just because of who their uh, like who their parents were yeah. and this idea i really don't like because i know for a fact like if we had socialism even today i couldn't study at a good university because my parents came from nothing really like my parents weren't from a very good families like financially wise and i know I, they could have not afforded to do anything like this mm-hmm. and thanks to the change of the economic like regime thanks to the like rise of um, like quotation marks so, uh, capital- capitalism we have nowadays like the uh, capitalistic economy like my father could have worked the long hours he did to secure our family financially and thanks to that I can study abroad and I can you know like I can uh, basically just get out of the like the social trap that my uh, family has been stuck for a while you know so I think that's a good thing and you can't do this in socialism I, I agree Definitely, I think socialism is some kind of a box that if if it's if not if like not everything is perfect, then nothing will be perfect. Yeah. And it's, re- it's because it's a box; it's really hard to figure it out. And usually in real life, not everything can be perfect at the same time. So it's eventually a paradox. That's a good way to put it. And also, like I think the idea is beautiful. Like the idea of everybody having the same amount of goods and so on. I think it's a good idea, but it doesn't go along at all with human uh, psychology. I think that's mm-hmm. the issue with mm-hmm. uh, ca- uh, like. Com- communism because like people just are not the same like I think you can like uh, feel the difference like between like my attitude towards like school and your attitude and I think that's like perfectly normal and I think people should be allowed less to work less sorry and uh, to get paid less because they just don't appreciate the money the prestige you get from like putting so much effort into work on the other hand some people want to go crazy and spend 10 hours in like working, I, I'm not saying that's healthy, but like th- I think that's where the idea of like communism struggles really, because people are just not the same. Like pe- different people want to do different things, and I think like Karl Marx really forgot to acknowledge that, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, my phone's ringing. Oh. It's <laughs> Yeah, shut up. Whatever. So okay last part i mean not last part but i just want to i wanted to dig a little deep into delft delft and then also i'll have some abstract questions but just get me through delft are you happy with your life right now yeah i'm very happy does delft have a place in that yeah actually i i live in den haag as you do right now yeah yeah, yeah. man i i miss delft like delft is such a lovely place to live honestly yeah. like 
if anybody outside of Delft is listening to this, mm-hmm. like come to the TU Delft University. Like the city is such a lovely place. It, honestly, it feels surreal. Like it feels like you're living in Harry Potter because it's a it's a city like which which is quite small, like eighty thousand people or something. And almost everybody is a uh, foreign student. So everybody speaks English. Everybody mm-hmm. is your age. Like it's a amazing place just to spend your university. Or at least I have not uh, like uh, attended any other universities, but I feel really yeah. welcome and really like it's a nice place to study and especially the city is so nice. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, I think universities are one of the most sacred places. On yeah, Earth. I agree. Like actually I forgot to like say something about it, but it was such a smart thing you said. I really, uh, I really agree with that. That's crazy. Like people that you have here are insane, and everyone's here to learn, become better. That's just super yeah. That's the thing. Like everybody's here just to basically make the world a better place. Exactly. Or s- some people are here for the money, of course, but like yeah. screw those people, you know. <laughs> Fuck that. So what about people here at Delft? Like your your circle. Talk to me about your circle. Are you happy with it? And yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I'm happy with uh, like with of course being friends with you and uh, Burak F and many other people, of course. Uh, just because I feel like we we vibe, uh, you know, like uh, I wouldn't say we are aligned opinion-wise, but it's just the same vibe, like uh, towards like in attitude towards other people, you know, like you respect me, I respect you as a person, and no matter like what your opinion is and so on, we just you know we just friends and we can rely on each other, and I think this is a really important thing. Uh, I also have a lot of like friends from Slovakia. I live with them. Uh, yeah, we have a good relationship, but we. Uh, we have a sort of a different vibe, you know, like I, I cannot do or I cannot talk about all the topics I talk with you. I could talk with them, you know, so. so but you also thing. prefer to do that, right? So you prefer to talk about those topics with us or with them and not us or not them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like uh, I had a really, uh, I had a really good like uh, relationship in this with, uh, with Arda. Like we could talk about very personal things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know actually why that is, but we could talk about like girlfriends. We could talk about like uh, like our like uh, family issues or something. I cannot do that with many people. I just do that mostly with my girlfriend. It's not that like I don't trust people and so on, but it's just like most people don't want to listen to that thing, and also you don't want to put it on them. You know, like it's not like I'm just gonna come to you and say like, "Yo, man, listen, my father did this" or something like that. Uh, like it's not a thing you you should do with all of your friends, and I think that's perfectly fine. I could do that with uh, Arda, and I I sort of uh, miss this thing, but yeah, like very personal things I can always discuss with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful to have like a safe person. Yeah, of that course. doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, although maybe your girlfriend probably is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the closest person to you. But that yeah. some people are just safe. Yeah. And you talk to them, and they can give you like the perfect response. And it, that doesn't also mean the response that you expect, but the response that yeah. you need to hear. Exactly. Yeah, man. Actually, I wanted to like say one thing. I think you changed a lot over the last year, haven't you? Me? Yeah, I think so. In terms of what? I don't know. I think ever since you like uh, got together with C, I think you became a little bit of a different person in a way. I think you you mind uh, your friends a bit more in a sense that you try to see the world more through their eyes. I think before that is my personal feeling. I think you were a little bit more self-centered before you uh, got together with C, but I think you, ever since you like uh, are together, I think you are more aware of other people and their feelings. That's my opinion. Wow, yeah. I think I was always centered amongst, I was always living life with 
especially around people uh, with people around me so to say like having seeing people that i value happy made me actually the most happy but yes he definitely has a big impact on how i see world and how i have I'm, my relationship with c has an, a lot of impact on the relationships i have with other people and she's inspiring in terms of like how to be a good human and i've always told her that but yeah i think i haven't thought about it like that actually changing and that might be really true that might be true i think the purpose why i'm having this podcast is also that i want people that i love listen to this and actually come to me and say like when's the next next episode like this is crazy i really want i really like tell us man me. right now when's the next episode <laughs> the next i think i'm gonna plan on releasing it every friday so we'll every see. friday yeah maybe that's a lot of episodes man yeah and i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna um, record it a bit some before christmas break and release them during christmas and it's gonna be nice but yeah thank you for saying that i think growing is just so beautiful changing is so beautiful not being the same person you are yesterday is amazing yeah of course so question what inspires you Oof, that's a good question i don't know uh well there's nothing on the top of my head right now but let me think uh you do you want to hear previous answers that would be great actually i mean we only have two right now which is mine and marina's but marina is get gets inspired by love she finds love everywhere in simple things and complex things that things that are done deliberately or things come naturally and she finds those love the love there and she uses that energy to get inspired to do other things as for me i fell in love uh, i mean i get inspired and i fell in love with the default of things for example how default people come how they act naturally how they mm. treat me how they treat others how they treat themselves observing that when people don't act because we all in this kind of you know are different to uh, when we're alone then we're to together with people but for example i told marina that often when i'm in the library when i talk to someone we're all laughing chatting but then when the conversation stops and we all put our headphones the way they look at their screens the way their faces are when they think when the way they're alone with the lesson that with the course that they're studying that's when i l really like to look at people's faces because that's when i see them like naturally mm. so i really find inspiration from natural stuff from people as well that's why i take a lot of pictures of burak for example because <laughs> i think his face is very expressive i like it a lot it's like taking pictures and that's all true. of them are so nice sometimes he says like it's funny and it is sometimes funny we laugh at it but it's just so expressive i love taking it and that's like not nature nature in buildings nature in humans they all in, uh, inspire me and also you being unique i think mm. maybe that's not something i talked a lot but being unique is like the number one key to my life i love being unique i never try to be unique but i always felt from this natural push in my mind that being unique is the thing for me i just love when i dress uniquely or you know act uniquely do something that's unique that others don't do i just felt that drive i didn't one day decide and say like okay i'm from now on i'll do unique things because i want to be unique it's just that i had it and i never you know like suppressed it so maybe love natural na nature and yeah being unique it's it's not love for me um uh, i always had uh, quite a hard time with understanding my own emotions as especially so i wouldn't say it's love for me like uh i really appreciate this about emma 
like uh, I really like feel like or I really feel the the care like she she puts into me and she really like she really puts a lot of effort like into being a good girlfriend and I really appreciate that because uh, I am not as emotionally developed as she is mm-hmm. uh, and I think I struggle with this a little bit so it's not love for me I really liked your answer uh, I think I can relate like I really like uh, just being inspired by nature and also the human like the way humans are mm-hmm. i really enjoy like in the netherlands like there's so many people and you just get like you're nobody in the crowd you know and i really like that like just like you just basically cycle you know and just look at other people look at the nature and it really like makes me feel happy about humanity as such you know like just uh, when you like see in the morning everybody cycling like into school i just feel like like everybody has has to have like the same like i guess like i have lived like through some things and just look at so many people around you and they have lived like through so many different things and just makes me feel happy you know like there's so many people who have so many interesting like life stories and so on this fills me with joy as well and yeah i would definitely say like nature like uh, and also what i actually i would say what inspires me the most like like knowledge or like wisdom like learning new things i would say I have always always been like this, like just trying to grasp as many things as you can, you know, just like to understand everything. I know it's impossible. And unfortunately, like the mo- more things you learn, the mo- more like you realize like you don't know anything at all. But, you know, man, like I really just enjoy like just trying to understand at least a little bit like how this world works and why are we here and so on. And uh, it's a really like a really inspirating, uh, inspirational thing for me. Wow. Yeah. Knowledge. <laughs> Knowledge. KSI. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So what do you want to ask the next guest? Can I know who the next guest is? Preston. Okay. Uh, Preston is this uh, is this friend that uh, we have from uh, our studies. And we're going to have him over for the next episode. So, and then, yeah, that's it. I think you know Preston. Almost yeah, everyone that listens to this knows Preston if they're in Two Delft. Because I guess like he's a person to n- he's not a person to not know, you know, he's out there. So yeah, what do you want to ask him? I would like to like really know what's his uh, like what he wants to leave behind in life, you know, like what he wants to be like his like heritage, what he wants to be his legacy, really like. I would be really interested in that. Wow. I know yours. I know in the future you want to move to Slavin, right? Mm, yeah. And, oh, uh, man. And get, yeah. A, get a Porsche. Porsche. Oh, man. Like, Have I sound a like a material bitch right now. Nice car and then uh, some children. I want to have a lot of children. Yeah. That's nice. I'm going to adapt a lot of children from Turkey. <laughs> bring them to Slovakia? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a first person who's going to, since Ottoman times, who's going to bring Turkish people to Slovakia. Wow. And teach them Slovak, man. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> That's nice, man. You enjoyed this? Yeah, I enjoyed this very much, actually. It's been a very nice experience. Um, yeah, man, I think I said a lot of uh, boring things. and uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I really enjoyed talking to you and just uh, listening to you for a while. You know, it's been a very nice experience. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I always enjoy when we talk. Of like, course. Genuinely speaking. like So I always said that you know when i talk about this podcast it's people that i really enjoy talking it's usually those that i cannot find that conversation in somebody else because i think there isn't like only this single spectrum in terms of how conversations go or how 
relationships go or friendships but there's so many other things and i think that's why every one of them is beautiful in its own way mm. so some so i think from the conversations we have i don't really uh, at least till now i couldn't really find it in anybody else it's unique like the way you talk to me we also talked about it which is pretty i mean it makes sense how it's important to have a good etiquette when you talk to someone yep. or when you argue and discuss and i just love talking to you yeah thanks man I, i hope the same thing and i would also like to say I, i just really enjoyed listening to you because like being in this room it has a great vibe in a way that you it's really easy to listen like i i'm like i'm really angry about myself for not being a good listener i struggle you know like you have so many distractions your phone and i don't know this and there's other people talking and so on and just like sitting in here you know having the headphones on i can just really like just vibe with what you're saying and just listen to the flow of your words And it's been very like refreshing just to sit for a while and just like to listen to one person straight for a couple of yeah. hours really. Almost two hours, no yeah. phone, just conversations. That's crazy. Yeah, just conversations and religion, you know, like So what are you gonna do now? Um, I'm gonna go study real hard because I'm I'm really scared I'm gonna fail a exam we have in one week. So where are you gonna study? Uh EEMCS building. Okay. Nice. Are you gonna join me? Just tell me about the your daily routine. Man, that's a with timestamps and then we leave. Uh I used to have a crazy crazy morning routine in terms of like I say crazy because it's really complicated. Uh so like last year I tried to do it this year as well but I as I mentioned like I struggle with waking up early so I don't find the time. But I used to have a like a morning routine like I wake up, I write my dreams down. Then I take a walk into the bathroom. I take some vitamins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty boring. <laughs> uh, uh, then It's then good. the shit gets crazy, man. Okay. Then I do some meditation. Ooh. And then I do a little, you know, jumping jacks after meditation, do some push-ups. Make the blood run. Yeah, and then I do like a, I write, write down my daily schedule. Schedule. Yeah, I'm a really organized person, man. I'm I go crazy about just writing things down and I I think I waste too much time on writing shit down, but really? I do it a lot, yeah. And then then I it depends, right? Like uh, I I had my week like this year split like into like days I was at work and mm-hmm. days I went to school. So I either go to lectures or I like turn my computer on and do some work. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon I will study and like Either early in the morning or late in the afternoon, I will hit the gym. Crazy. And also, I got the cook in the middle. You know, I love cooking, but bro, like my cooking game has deprove. Like it's it's been like bad this year. Last really? year I was so good at cooking, man. I loved cooking, but like this year I don't know. There's just too much stuff, and I just cook yeah. the same shit over and over again. Yeah, it's not good, man. But also, you had your house in the campus, so maybe that was a benefit to that. Maybe I don't know, but I, j- I just feel like I'm not as creative with cooking. But hmm. I don't know, man. That has a lot of reasons probably behind it. Maybe subscri- maybe subconscious stuff. Yeah. In terms of how maybe you just refrain from taking risks anymore. I don't know, man. Like I j- just might be like I pay most of my bills nowadays my on my own, and I just no- I maybe I just like spend less money on. Hmm like crazy shit you know like when my parents used to pay me I, i would be like let's buy this crazy herbs and cook something for it or something i don't know maybe i'm more of a uh what do you call it like a person who doesn't like spending money nowadays or something i don't know hmm. i get that i became cheap man <laughs> let's not say that man come on you're not cheap but i get that 
Definitely. I mean, it's just a phase where you learn your economics, your yeah. finances. Okay, actually, uh, it's it was a lie. I think I spent more money because uh, I felt really like the burden not to spend my parents' money unwisely. Yeah. It's just that like I know my parents want me to eat very well, so I I felt the pressure to eat very well when I was spending their money, mm-hmm. and I feel perhaps a little bit differently when I spend my own money. So I would say I spend more uh, money on presents for my like I. Sp- i went crazy this year on like Christmas presents. I spent a lot of money, but uh, we, because I feel like it's my own money and I can spend it any way I want. However, I just spend less on food. I guess that might Did be. Did you the buy reason. me a Christmas gift? Man, you don't have Christmas in Turkey. I can't oh, buy you a gift. But it's my birthday as well. I know it's your birthday, the twenty fifth. Come on, man. I'm gonna buy you something. Don't worry. I'll get you something too, Christmas. I'm gonna buy you a uh, Keychron keyboard or something. <laughs> I'll buy you a big cross for you to wear it. Like a Christian cross. Yes. <laughs> I hope I hope it's like uh iced out Jesus, you know, like oh. diamonds in his eyes or something, like rubies. <laughs> That'd be nice. Or you should buy me a Jesus like that's uh like a belly dancer, you know, like <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a ruby in his belly button or something. I would drag that in the Turkish song. one. Bro for sure. Turkish oh. gold is the best. Yeah. Okay. I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Michal. Thank you very much for uh having me i guess and i hope we're gonna do this again it was a pleasure oh maybe one last question given advice to the listeners about life that you know would make their life better Ooh, that's a good question man some small not too much even like not not like forgetting to put salt in their food some really small Yeah, I would just say like listen to this podcast more. You're gonna you're <laughs> gonna become wiser and wiser. No, but for real, like I would say just really really like uh, try to think about who your friends are and whether you are really listening to what they're saying. I think like almost nobody nowadays and perhaps never is really truly listening to other people. Everybody is just like everybody just wants to speak and say what they have to think and like be the one who's listened to but nobody listens like really nobody listens it's like mm. try listening to other people and you are going to find so much wisdom not always but you can find so much wisdom into like the into uh, in the words of other people and also you can just like prevent doing stupid shit other ha- people has done before you know like it's so hard to learn from other people's mistakes but this is the best thing you can do So I would just like recommend everybody to become a better listener and really trying to listen to what other people have to say. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you everyone for listening for this podcast episode with Michal Kokoshka. My my real G from Slovakia. Thanks Kaira from Istanbul. <laughs> Shout out Slovakia. See you later guys. Thank Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Yes.